The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. All right, good morning, church. Today's scripture reading is going to be on page 526, and we'll be in Psalm 150. And if you don't have a Bible and would like a Bible, you could take that Bible in front of you as a gift. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him from his, for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with a trumpet sound. Praise him with a lute and harp. Praise him with a tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So great to be with y'all. Thanks for coming today. As I was looking over this text, I realized I have absolutely no idea what it's about. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Um, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you speak. We pray that as we look at your word now together that um, you would speak freshly again and speak to us, Lord. I pray for your help, that you would help, help me uh, communicate this clearly and uh, truthfully, and Lord, most of all, we just pray for your spirit to help each one of us hear what you're saying uh, from this psalm, and that we would actually be able to enter in and join our, our hearts and our voices uh, in praising you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So if you're new with us, we've been going through a little mini-series on the psalms. Uh, we've been calling psalms God's community event for our hearts, because we've been watching the authors of the Psalms go through these um, high and very low experiences, and out of those experiences come these inspired prayers. So if you think about that, God inspires a prayer for you so that you can come to him with it. He, he paved the way for you. He brought you in to experience him in this way. So if we just think back where we've been, uh, you know, we looked at Psalm 1 and 2, which are kind of the, the pillars of the Psalms. Delight in God's word as you rejoice in God's king. But then the last three weeks, I've been talking with some of you about this, is it got kind of heavy. We've been looking at ethical Psalms of how God calls us to, uh, to live as his people. We looked at a, at a Psalm of lament, which ironically helped us a lot. It showed us how we can come to God in hurt and pain, be very honest with him about how we're feeling um, and then last week we looked at a psalm of confession and repentance. So I thought, hey, I gotta wrap this up with at least one happy message. Um, but really, it's on purpose that the psalms end up with nothing but praise. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no ethical thing. There's no, uh, there's no mourning or lament. You, you've reached the mountain of all, that, all that's left is this view of God and our hearts praising him. And that's on purpose. There's a reason it ends that way because guess how history is going to end for God's people? Guess what heaven is going to be like for God's people? It's Psalm 150. It's Psalm 150. So we know what it's about. The difficulty, I think, is feeling what it's about and entering into what's happening in the psalm. Um, I've been very privileged in my life to travel here and there, and uh, once I actually got to go on a safari in Africa, and I saw a lion. And you know, when you see a, a real, actual lion, uncaged, um, they're walking next to you, it's awesome. It is awesome. How many of you have been to a museum 
and seen a stuffed lion. And you're like, wow, that, whatever. They're both lions, and one of them is awake and alive and moves you, and the other one, you're like, what's next, okay? When we say praise the Lord, so often it sounds like the stuffed lion. Praise the Lord. If we really saw what we're supposed to see, the lion would be alive. It would be awake. It would move in you. It would actually change you. So the big question for us today is, what does it mean to praise the Lord? What does it really mean to have this happen as a reality in your mind and your heart? And so we're gonna, we're gonna look at that question and the answers from this psalm and so in doing so, I just, I kind of want, I hope that God will awaken the lion, if you know what I mean, uh, in you, in your mind, in your heart about praise. And I, I just want to do that with seven questions. So I know I'm breaking every rule they gave me in preaching class. You should never have seven points or questions in a sermon. But that's, that's my esteem for you. I think you can handle it. Can y'all, can y'all handle seven questions, because that's what this text is throwing at you. It's throwing at you more than just three points that all start with P, okay? It's, it has, I want, you, I want to unpack what it means to praise the Lord in seven ways. So here we go. Are y'all with me? I'm going to need your help to make it through all seven, okay? Here's the questions we're going to ask. So hopefully it'll wake up in this. Number one, what is praise? What are we talking about? Number two, who should be praised? Number three, why him? What is praise? Who should be praised? Why him? Number four, where should he be praised? That's in the psalm. Number five, how should he be praised? Number six, who is it that should do the praising? And then number seven, so what? So what? What difference does it make? So if you're taking notes, I'm gonna walk through them one more time. What is praise? Who should be praised? Why him? Where should he be praised? How should he be praised? Who is it that should do the praising? So what? What does it mean to praise? All right, are you ready? Here we go. What is praise? The word praise can sound stiff, religious, alien to our actual experience. But what I want you to see is you, don't, you, you probably don't understand how Often, mini praise is a part of your everyday life. Mini praise, praise with a small p, or, or how it's actually the best part of your everyday life. What I'm saying to you is you are praising all the time, all the time. What do we mean? Well, one of my favorite thinkers on this idea of praise is C.S. Lewis, and he writes about struggling with the idea of praise. Why does God make us praise him? Like, why does he command, praise me? You know, uh, what, is, what does this mean? And so part of, as he's thinking through this, this is what he realizes. I want to share his words with you. Listen to C.S. Lewis. He says, I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. Did you see that? All what? Enjoyment. All enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise unless shyness or fear of boring others is deliberately brought in to check it. 
The world rings with praise. Walkers praising the countryside. Players praising their favorite game. Just pause. If you want to see praise and you're going to watch the Super Bowl, and if you like one of those teams, I'm a Patriot fan. Show me grace, okay? No grace. There's not one. But when Tom Brady, when Tom Brady throws a touchdown, I will go like this. And what am I doing there? I am praising, okay? America knows all about praise and nothing about praise. We know all about praise in the sports games and we know nothing about real praise. So I'm interrupting Mr. Lewis. Just as people spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that's magnificent? Here's what he's saying, and I think he's right. Praise is the expression of joy that comes from beholding something beautiful. Praise is the expression of joy that comes from beholding something beautiful, and you're always doing this. What is Instagram? (laughs) A lot of times it's praise. Look at this beautiful view. Look at the fish I caught. Look at the meal I had. And then the people who overdo it, they're like, look at me in my bathing suit. No. (laughs) But maybe the praise is inappropriate, but what are they looking for? Praise. It's the expression of joy that comes from beholding something beautiful. Not only is praise the expression of joy, Lewis says it's the culmination of the joy. In other words, you haven't really been happy about something all the way until you've shared it and expressed it. Listen again, he says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. Come on, right? Come on. Children are the most natural praisers. What do my kids say to me? Daddy, look at this. Daddy, look, watch me. Look at, he wants to share the delight in something beautiful. Come on. Anybody have a grandkid, okay? Did you keep that a secret? Did you refuse to mention it? Did you hide it way down deep? Or were you like, behold, the promised one, right? (laughs) Behold, the child of glory, okay? You were praising. And then when other people went, yes, your grandchild is beautiful. Not as beautiful as mine, right? You were praising. So realize this. There's two things to realize. Number one, your happiest moments are praise. And that will never change. And if you are a Christian, that will never change. Your happiest moments are praise. Number two, realize your heart is constantly longing for something to praise. You're longing for it, you're looking for it, you're wanting to be happy, you're wanting to find joy or security or comfort or beauty or worth or value. It's like this vacuum of need for your heart. And the world shows us that. Okay, what is praise? Praise is the expression of joy that comes from beholding 
something beautiful. Yeah? Yeah. Number two, who should we praise? Well, the psalmist, he has an idea, okay? He has an idea. Who should we praise? What do you want? 13 times in six verses. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Should I say it 13 times? We could. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the question is, as you see what praise is, expression of delight that comes from beholding something beautiful, now you're looking at, okay, where is the ultimate source of praise? Where is, where is the true and real and greatest thing actually found? Who should have your ultimate praise? Who should be on the stage of your heart where you go, that, that is beautiful. That is what I love. That's what I wanna talk about. That's what I see. Who should it be? And the psalmist is very clear. The whole Bible is very clear. The world is very clear. It should be the God of scripture. It should be the Lord who created everything. He is the one we are to praise. You know, the reason you are made to praise is because you were made to praise him. You were made to see him and delight in him and know him and have that be your entire lifestyle, enjoying his beauty. But now, you know, an obvious question jumps in. How come this doesn't happen? How come it actually seems boring? How come sometimes it's the last thing we want? And here you get a different angle into what the Bible means by sin, don't you? You know, we think of sin, and what do we think of? Doing something bad, right? But why? Why did you do it? Why did you do it? it we're opening up now into the, the door of our hearts and what we want. The reason I sinned is because I wanted to. Why did I want to treat that person negatively? Why did I want to say that? Why did I want to lie? And why did I want to steal? And why, why did I want that? Because I wasn't finding my satisfaction or my praise in God and what he said. I've said, you're actually not praiseworthy. I'm not getting joy from you. I'm gonna go around and find it over here instead. So it, it exposes our hearts, it exposes my heart. I love what I shouldn't, and I don't love what I should, or I love good things in the wrong way. What do you call somebody who works too much to the detriment of his or her family? What do you call it? A workaholic. Is that a positive or a negative term? It's negative, usually. It's negative. Why is it bad to love work? I hope you love your work in some way. That would be the best case scenario. Why is it bad to love your work? Why? Because we have this thing where there's people in your life who deserve a higher love than your work, right? You should love things in the right way, we're saying to others. Yeah, love your work, but love them more. Really, I mean, I agree. But really, how do we get this kind of ladder of what we should love? It comes from God himself and his word and and what should be at the top of what we love more than anything. Praise 
the Lord. He's better than all of it. And so we see as we, as we realize that he is the one who's deser- who deserves our praise, our ultimate praise, um, we get confronted with the reality that we love the gift more than the giver. We're really excited about the food he provides and the beautiful sunsets and the people in our lives and our jobs and sports and all these other things that in themselves are good. But when we put them up here and we're like, God, get out the way, we're broken, we're sinful, we're rebellious, we're twisted. Who deserves ultimate praise according to this passage? God, praise the Lord. Praise is the expression of joy at beholding something beautiful. Ultimate praise is meant for the God of the Bible. Why should we praise him? You know, a lot of people have really struggled with the idea that God says, praise me. And you can see why. Because what if I stood up here and went, praise me. Now, actually, you pay a lot of money to praise other people. Come on, you ever been to a rock concert? I used to want to be a rock star, and a lot of that was bad motives, I think. Okay? Right? Have you, have you seen it? Have you done this? Praise me. But then we're like, but part of us, we know when people are cocky and want us to praise them. I mean, come on, what's your first response when you meet somebody who's really, really pompous and arrogant? Is that something you, you see as a positive quality in others, generally speaking? No, you can't stand them, right? And so then we say, well, hey, if it's wrong for that person to say, praise me, then why is it good for God to say, praise me? Because God doesn't just say, praise me. He commands it. Praise me. So is God egotistical? How does this work? And you know, a lot of, a lot of thinkers have been bothered by this. And I'm, today I'm gonna quote, Uh, the eminent theologian and philosopher named Brad Pitt. (laughs) We should at least listen to him because he's beautiful, right? (laughs) Praise. No. Listen to what he said. This is an interview with Parade Magazine. Brad Pitt. He said, religion works. I know there's comfort there, a crash pad. It's something to explain the world and tell you there is something bigger than you. And it is going to be all right in the end. It works because it's comforting. I grew up believing in it, but it didn't last for me. This is what he says next. I didn't understand this idea of a God who says, you have to acknowledge me. You have to say that I'm the best, and then I'll give you eternal happiness. If you won't, then you don't get it. It seemed to be about ego. I can't see God operating from ego, so it made no sense to me. You hear what he's saying? Again, back to C.S. Lewis, he had the same issue when he was thinking about praise. Um, He actually said once that it it made God seem like a vain woman who wants compliments. But then something clicked for him. And I want to read you his words again. Listen to Lewis. He says, my whole more general difficulty about the praise of God depended on, now listen, my absurdly denying to us as regards the supremely valuable, what we delight to do, what indeed we can't help doing about everything else we value. Do you hear him? Okay. (laughs) The first point was, 
okay? The first point was praise is the expression of, of joy from, that comes from beholding something beautiful, okay? And so C.S. Lewis says, well, here I am. I'm upset with God because he says, praise me. Hold up. He's gonna say, what if God is the most beautiful? What if he is the most, uh, let's, let's try it like this, okay? Say all of a sudden I have an invention that cures cancer. Uh, a serum, kill, it cures cancer. Would it be wrong for me to say to the world, come to me and get the serum that cures cancer? Would that be wrong? No, in fact, would it, would it be unloving for me not to share this with everyone? Yeah? What if God is the only one who can satisfy you forever? Would it not be unloving for him to say, come to me and be satisfied? Do you see? Part of God's demanding your praise is his righteousness because he's God, he's different than you and I. When I say praise me in my pride, I'm lying to you because I'm telling you, hey, I'm worthy of it. And you're like, no, you're not, and you're right. But when God says, praise me, I'm worthy of it, think about who you're thinking about. It's the creator. It's the one who is love and truth and justice and beauty and wonder. And so when he says, praise me, he's saying to you, the only thing that can give you what you really want and what you really need forever is a view of who I am, and that's because I am God. Does that make sense more now? Back to C.S. Lewis. He says, if it were possible for a created soul fully to appreciate, that is to love and delight in, the worthiest object of all, and simultaneously at every moment to give this delight perfect expression, then he says that soul would be in supreme beatitude, which means happier than you can imagine. So Lewis is saying because of who God is, the, the sight and praise of God is actually the heights of happiness, the heights of joy. To finish off what Lewis says, the catechism says that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Some of you reformed folks, you've been in the room, you heard that one, okay? It's true, but Lewis adds, but we shall then know that these are the same thing. To fully enjoy is to glorify. In commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to what? Enjoy him. Come and see and enjoy. Praise is reserved for God alone because he alone can satisfy our hearts. He alone can satisfy our hearts. So this is what the psalmist is talking about. Look at verse two. Why should we praise him? Praise him for what? His mighty deeds. Now the psalm here, he's, he's tough on us because he doesn't say any about what, what are the mighty deeds. And you know what I think the psalmist would say if you're like, what mighty deeds? He'd be like, yo, read the Bible. <laughs> he'd be like, read all the other psalms. Or he'd say, go on a nature walk. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Let's start. Let's start. What, what are, what's one of his mighty deeds? 
How about let there be light? Okay, you ever studied the stars, the grandeur, the power, the distance, the fine tuning of the creation? Have you, ever, have you ever gone on a hike and seen both the massive mountain that blows you away and also the leaf, which can take energy from the burning orb in the sky and, and bring it into itself and then grow fruit you can eat? Food grows on trees in this planet. Is that amazing? Praise him for his mighty deeds, the creator. Not only that, even though he's righteous, he's gracious. He's gracious. So he comes to people who've rebelled against him and refused to praise him, and he, and he woos them, and he brings them to himself. You could read about how Israel was, was a group of slaves under the tyranny of the most powerful nation on the earth. And you can see how God came and delivered them with a mighty hand and brought them into a land so they could know him and enjoy him, praise him for his mighty deeds. Or you can see his acts of justice and wrath where he creams the evildoer. Or best of all, best of all, you can see that he sent his own son. The eternal son of God became flesh and wore our skin and what a life he lived read his teaching see his miracles watch his character praise him for his mighty deeds and then see him on a cross wearing my sin wearing your sin in love to save you see him rising from the dead as he predicted praise him for his mighty deeds not only that, look around. Look around. Look in your own life. I know some of you. I've seen what God has done in you. You've seen what God has done in me. I'm different than I used to be. It's slow process. But I've seen God work. Haven't you seen it? Have you heard it? What do we do? Praise him for his mighty deeds. He's worthy of it. Not only that, Praise him according to his excellent greatness. We not only praise him for what he's done, but maybe best of all, we praise him for who he is. Do you know that God is beautiful? Do you know that he's beautiful? He's sufficient. I love this about God. I am full of needs. How about you? Needs, okay? I started with needs, I'm gonna end because I couldn't meet all my needs, okay? I'm full of needs. God is the needless one. He's eternal, no start, no finish. And so he's sufficient for all who come to him. Praise him for his beauty. I love that he is triune. Do you love this about God? When other people say, hey, God is love, we're like, well, not until he creates. You see what I'm saying? If God is one person and we're like, well, God is love, well, what was he doing before he made everything? Was he lonely, you know, weeping the big solitary tear of the universe? I'm just looking for someone to love, not my God. Not my God, before he created, he was love. The Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Father, the Spirit is the person of that love. God is in himself love, I love that about God. God is just, God is forgiving, God is wonderful. Praise him for his excellent greatness. He is worthy of our praise. When we say worthy, what do we mean? 
deserving. When we say, God, you're worthy of our praise, we're saying this, I've walked around this lonely world and I saw some things that interested me for a little bit, but they weren't worthy of my heart. They didn't get it done and I was lost and I couldn't find home. And then you showed me yourself and I went, oh yes, you. You're the one I want forever. You are worthy of my praise. I'm staying right here. Jesus, you're it. You're it. We sang it this morning, right? Hallelujah, what's that mean? Hebrew for praise the Lord, the one who set me free, my living hope. Praise the Lord. Do you see what the Bible's telling you? Psalm 1611, Psalm 1611. You need to know this. What does the psalmist say? You make known to me the path of life. You really wanna live? This is it. What does he say next? In your presence, there's what? Fullness of joy. So to be with God, brought in by God to see and know God, is as much joy as you could ever have. Your cup of happy space overflowing. Fullness of joy. You will never be happier than to be in the presence of God. And then he says, and at your right hand, there are pleasures for what? forever. Do you see this prompt? Did you know the God of the Bible is saying, I'll make you happy? Did you know that? I'll make you happy. Pleasures forever. This is an incredible promise. As much joy as you could possibly have for as long as you could possibly have it. Who is worthy of your praise? The God of the Bible. Why? Because of what he's done. Because of who he is. All right, where have we been so far? Praise is the ultimate, is the expression of joy that comes from beholding something beautiful. Ultimate praise is deserved for the God of the Bible. Why should we praise him? He's worthy for what he's done and for who he is. Where should we praise him? I like this one too. Verse one, praise the Lord. Praise God, where? In his sanctuary. Well, where's that? Where's that? Well, if you're in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, first you go to the tabernacle, but see, now all of a sudden you're, there's a structure to this praise. You're praising God the way he's told you to praise him. Do you see that? The way he's told you to praise him. So you'd have priests teaching, you'd have sacrifices kind of come to, to make you right with God. Praise him in the holy place, the place where God is, the place where he directs how you praise him. Praise him in his Sanctuary. So where do we go today? Do we, need, do we need to fly to Jerusalem and look for the temple on the mountain so that we can finally praise God? If you get there, it'll be shocking to you. There's a mosque. <laughs> where do we go right now? Where do, I wanna praise him. Where do I go? Oh, friends. Do you know where the temple is today? It's all over the place, but there's one little temple campus <laughs> right here. Right here. Look at what Peter says in 1 Peter 2.5. This is the Gentile Christians. Gentile Christians, the thing that sets these people apart if they've trusted what Jesus has done for them. They trust themselves to Jesus. And look at what he says, 1 Peter 2.5. You yourselves like living, what? Stones are being built up as a spiritual, what? House to be a priesthood to offer sacrifices acceptable to God. So don't think it's the walls that make this is sanctuary, it's not. The walls are just a nice room for the sanctuary. You and 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 me, and we're like living 
stones, perfectly carved, and he puts us together. And what do we have after that? A temple, the holy place. What makes it holy? What makes it holy? You're holy in Jesus Christ. And as we come in his name based on what he's done according to his word, this is the sanctuary. You could go to the coolest relic place in all Israel with all the trinkets of, you know, they found Jesus' crown of thorns and Peter's toothpick. and <laughs> It doesn't matter. Right here is the place to praise. And I know this. And I, and I love the, the servants and volunteers who have led us in praise over the years. But there is little things that give me joy, like praising Jesus with you in this room. And the Bible says, you know where praise starts? With your church family. That's the best place to, pl- that's the best place to praise. With you standing next to you, and I'm hearing you, and I'm seeing the words, and we're all going, yeah. Yeah, praise the Lord. That's where it starts. But of course, that's not enough. Praise him in the sanctuary. Where else do you want to praise him? Praise him in his mighty heavens. The psalmist is like, it starts with his people, but the stars need to praise him. Yeah, have you heard this in in the Bible? Let the trees of the fields clap their hands. Okay, the whole thing, the mountains, the thunderstorms, the whales when they jump up and splash back down, it's all going you. Praise starts with his people in the sanctuary and it echoes out everywhere. Echoes out everywhere. Let everything, praise the Lord, I'm getting ahead of myself. Where should we praise him? Here and where else? Everywhere. Should you praise him this morning and then not praise him at work? Should you praise him when you go to church and not praise him when you go on a hike? Should you praise him when you're church and not praise him when you're eating dinner? No. Where should you praise him? Get loaded up for praise here and then go out and what? Praise everywhere. Praise him. It's already happening, Psalm 19.1. The heavens, what do they do? Every sunset, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Can you hear it? When you see it, can you hear it? Can you hear creation going, praise him? Yes. Okay, where should we praise him? First at church, then everywhere. How should we praise him? How should we praise him? Look at verses three to five. It's actually the longest section of the psalm. So y'all can help me out. Praise him with what? Trumpet sound. Praise him with what? Lute and heart. Praise him with what? Tambourine and dance. Praise him with what? Strings and pipe. Praise him with what? Sounding cymbals. Hey, come on, help me out with this last one. Praise him with what? Loud, crashing cymbals. Yes. Why? Why? What what do these things all have in common? They're musical instruments. Why? You ever watched a movie with the sound off? You ever try that? You watch a movie with the sound off, and there's a moment that with the sound, you'd have been like, scared. And without sound, not scared. With music, there might have been a moment where it's like, oh my gosh, he, he came for her, you know. <laughs> Without the sound, you'd be like, I don't care. Why? Why? Why is it obvious that sound enhances truth? 
Who, who made music? Hey, that's enough to praise him for already. Anybody like music? God made music. What does this mean about your God? Praise him. And then God says, you know, it's interesting in verses three to five, there's no content of your praise. There's no say this or say that. And I think the psalmist would say, well, read the whole Psalms. You'll have plenty to talk about. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him for who he is. You'll have plenty of content. But now he says, take the truth and apply music. But really, it's not even about music. Why music? What does music do? Passion, affection, emotion. When the truth hits, yes, and you feel it. You have something in common with God on this, by the way. Say I visit you in the hospital, which I would love to do if you're there, and, and you say, wow, thanks for visiting me. And what if I said, I didn't really wanna be here, it's just my job. Okay? You would all then say, well, by all means, leave. And watch out for you know, a rock that's gonna hit your head on the way out. Why would it be so, why would it be so rightfully offensive to you because I was doing the duty without the delight. And you are not honored by that. You're insulted. Right? You're not honored by that. You're insulted. And so do you, you think there's any angels in heaven, you know, and they're like, oh, we got to praise God again. <laughs> How many times do we have to say this? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise Okay. Number one, they'll never do that because they can actually see what's there. Uh, but number two, if they did, they wouldn't be there long. Okay? That's what turns an angel into a demon. Do you know this? The difference between an angel who loves the Lord and a demon who hates him is not theological knowledge. It is whether or not there's a heart of delight. So here we, we are challenged because you can come and you can just say it, can't you? I've done it. I've done it. But the psalm here is saying, don't bring praise that's all duty and no delight. Don't bring a, I said it because I'm supposed to say it. And music is God's wonderful gift to help us engage with applying affection to the truth Right, So there's, there's an important kind of razor's edge here. Is it possible to be, to be all affection with no truth? Yeah, and I have no interest in that. It's manipulation, it's all emotion, it's not based on reality, it doesn't end up honoring God at all. All emotion, no truth, worthless. Is it possible to be all truth, no affection? Terribly so. That's no good either. Where do we wanna be? Truth with affection, to see who he is through the eyes of faith and to feel and to praise. And so sometimes you pray, God, I'm not praising you like I should, but please help me. And that is totally a great prayer. I need you, awaken me, help me see it. And that is a wonderful, wonderful prayer. But how should we appraise him? We should praise him from the heart. That's what this is about. You should praise him from the heart. Last one's uh, simple. Who should praise him? You see verse six? What's the qualification? Do you breathe? Pastor Matt, I'm not sure if this is for me. 
Let's wait, uh, let's see, about three minutes. Nobody's keeled over yet? Uh, it's for you. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Why do we have missionaries? Because there's people who haven't seen the beauty of God and what he's done in Jesus Christ. And we want God to be honored by their praise and we want them to be satisfied for who he is. So they go. Why do you want to tell your friends about Jesus? Because they're never going to be satisfied without him. They're under his judgment without what he's done and you want them to have true joy forever and ever and so you want to tell them so you want to show them so that they can praise him and be satisfied in him I mean here you have you don't have the cure for cancer but you have the cure for sin let everything that has breath praise the Lord let them all see and enjoy and worship let me wrap it up where we've been what should we do, or what is praise? It's the expression of joy from beholding something beautiful. Who should we praise? The God of the Bible. Why? He's, pra- he's worthy because of what he's done and who he is. Where? Start with church, everywhere else. How? Passion from the truth. Who should do it? Everybody who breathes. Last question, so what? So what? You know something about heaven? I, most people assume, I think, that heaven is full of one thing and totally lacking another thing. What does heaven not have in it? There's no sin in heaven, right? There's no sin. Nobody ever goes, God, we don't like you. And what is heaven full of? <clears throat> Praise. Everybody there is, you are amazing. Do you think those things are connected? They are deeply connected. When you rebel against God, your heart has said to God, not praiseworthy. And when you are faithful to God, it's because your heart has said, you're the best there is, and I'm yours even if it hurts. In order to be changed, to have a changed life, you need a changed praise. To have a changed life, you need a changed Praise, a new sight of what is beautiful. The old theologian Thomas Chalmers said this about the heart. He said, it's impossible for the heart to cast the world away from it. In other, in other words, just quit, quit sinning. And thus reduce itself to what? A wilderness. What he means there is you're, you're starving for happiness and satisfaction. And you can't just kick one desire out because you'll, you'll be a wasteland. Listen to what he says next. The heart is not so constituted. That's not how it works. The only way to dispossess it of an old affection, loving the wrong thing, rebelling against God's law, is by the expulsive power of a new one. We're gonna sing here in a minute, my Jesus, I love thee. And it starts with my Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. And so what's the author of the psalm saying? You're so beautiful, I love you. And then the next line is, for thee, all the follies of sin, I resign. Why was he able to say, I wanna stop rebelling, I wanna be yours? Because he's entranced with the beauty of Jesus. Don't ever try to stop sinning just on willpower, gritting your teeth, because it's the right thing to do. Your heart can't do it. You need a new praise.
So where do we go? Where do we go? Let's go to the cross just in our minds for a moment. Hey, I need the cross right now. Have, has it, have any of you praised God in the way he deserves? Even for like 10 seconds. I'm a pastor of a church. Sometimes I lead worship and I have never praised God the way he deserves. The one command, praise the Lord, would be enough to send me to hell and I mean that with all sincerity. I've demeaned him and denied him. I haven't praised him like I should. So where do we go? We go to the cross and there Jesus is dying for all of my sins, including a lack of praise. And there I'm forgiven. And there I'm loved. And there as I trust him, I'm welcomed. And what does it do to your heart now when you see what he's done for you? If, if you were really to know that Jesus came for you and paid for all your sins and brought you to the Father to be a child of God and to see him and to be satisfied in him, what would your heart do if you knew that? You would praise. Let's pray. God, we wanna see you. We wanna praise you. Uh, we're amazed that you call us to come and look at you and adore you and sing to you. Uh, Lord, I pray that the truth of this passage, your Holy Spirit would just be working it into our minds and our hearts, uh, that we would see your beauty, that we would confess our sin of denying it, um, and that as we look to Jesus and what he's done for us, that it would just give us a new sight, we would see a new beauty, and that our heart's desire would be to know you and to serve you, and it would just erupt, God, in praise, and that everyone who has breath, at least in this room, would praise the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.fountainoflifefellowship.com.